This episode of Jewish Songwriter is brought to you by Temple Israel of the City of New York, a welcoming family of families devoted to community and repairing the world, located on Manhattan's Upper East Side. With an early childhood center, religious school education through high school, weekly musical services, and an inspiring array of social, educational, young professional, and Israel-centered programming and trips, you're sure to find your home in this warm and inclusive community. To learn more, check out www.tinyc.org. That's tinyc.org. Welcome to Jewish Songwriter, shining a light on the people and stories behind contemporary Jewish music, one song at a time. I'm your host, Sheldon Lowe, and now, on to the show. This week's Jewish Songwriter is Abby Strauss. Welcome to the show, Abby. How are you? Good. How are you doing, Sheldon? I'm good. I'm really excited to uh, (laughs) chat with you. Uh, We don't get to spend so much time together, but our listeners probably don't know that we spent a lot of time together very early on, on in both of our careers, I would say. And I think I remember meeting you the first time. I think I was playing a Shabbat service at United Hebrew in St. Louis. Yeah. And uh, Rick Recht uh, had been talking about this incredible singer, really talented uh, Jewish musician that he just could not wait for me to meet. And that's where we first met. But then, of course, we spent several summers on the road together with Rick Recht and sharing the stage together. And uh, I think we've known each other for over a decade now at this wow, point. Wow, yeah. Like easily. It was great. For our listeners who may not know you, can you give us a little bit of your personal history and how you became a Jewish songwriter? And I know that you're so much more than just a Jewish songwriter, so feel free to include those details as well. But really want, want our listeners to know what it was that caused your life to turn in this direction. That's great. No, I grew up in a, in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. So I had this upbringing where in some ways I was in this bubble of Judaism. We were very involved. Our life was around Friday night, about Saturday morning, and just really that culture of Judaism is such a big part of my life because there aren't that many Jews around me. I was mm-hmm. very involved with Nifty, and then I went to Indiana, and that's where I actually connected with Rick Recht. Oh. Um, really seeing someone who was a rock star in this Jewish music genre just blew my mind. The fact I could put in a Jewish CD and rock out in my car when I'm in high school was just a dream. It was just this opening that back in the day, that, was, that just changed my life. So you went to school at Indiana University and studied music there? I went to become a cantor, and then uh, it was a little more classical training, the opera. And I liked it, but my heart, it wasn't, my heart wasn't there. There was something that just wasn't connecting for me. I loved learning theory, I loved performing, but there was something missing. So I went on an Israel trip with um, Rick Recht and then Rabbi Micah, where I work now here at Temple Israel. And while I was there, I, I just knew I had to explore my Judaism a little more. In Israel, I realized that's what's missing. I need to find my neshama. I need to find where my heart is, and I need to explore that. And I crazily quit my jobs at about 27, <laughs> mm-hmm. and I was doing pretty well in St. Louis, but I knew I needed to, to explore this, and I quit my jobs and moved to Israel. And I did this program, a World Union of Jewish Students. It's through a Hadassah program lived in Jerusalem mm-hmm. and worked on music. And the biggest game changer was something silly where me I played on Ben Yehuda almost every day. And I just, mm. just watched the people around me and through that experience of playing multiple songs and, and performing at night at bars in, in Jerusalem and 
study, I wrote my album. And most of my songs on my album, Nitzot, which a spark, um, came from that experience living in Israel and connecting to myself as a Jewish woman, as a Jewish person of faith, of deep faith that I was just able to explore in such a holy space. So that pretty much is how I got into Jewish music, and it's just been a mm-hmm. ride ever since. This is just an incredible meeting, wor- working with people like you. I mean, that was a dream, and just being able to explore it even further, that um, that connection on my own. Tell me, like, what you're doing in Memphis right now. So Memphis, I am. Um, I work as a cantor at Temple Israel. Mm-hmm. I am lucky enough to be able to really shape the music culture here from birth through adults and, and of course, you know, life cycle and the, uh, as well. I, throughout my experience, I realized that my job really is to break down barriers, to show everyone from any age, any talent, any experience level that music can be there into Judaism, can also be their connection here. Hey, it's Sheldon here, just interrupting to tell you that today's podcast is brought to you by Banzoogle, who makes it easy to build a stunning website for your music in minutes. I've tried all of the major template-based sites, and the reason I use Banzoogle is because the whole platform is really built for musicians, with features like a free custom domain name, a commission-free store, unlimited download codes, and an email list platform for managing your list, sending targeted emails and analytics built right into your subscription. You can click the link in the episode notes or go to bandzoogle.com and use promo code Jewish Songwriter, all one word, to try it free for 30 days and get 15% off the first year of your subscription. That's promo code Jewish Songwriter. Bandzoogle, websites built for musicians by musicians. So let's talk about your song, Ani Ma'amin. Mm-hmm. I know um, you started referencing the uh, principles of faith mm-hmm. earlier, but give us a little bit more of the sort of inspiration for you and really what it means and what it's about. So when I was studying in Israel, the texts were, I don't know if this is how other people write, but how I write is I look through the prayer book or I look through while I'm learning, there's a text that stands out. And the 13 mm-hmm. principles of faith just really struck me. And I started writing the melody to the words and something just did not work well. If you've read the principles of faith, you'll notice, you know, I believe in the coming of the Messiah. I mean, there's a lot of things that come from there. I've, mm-hmm. And I, it actually almost didn't make the album. Mm. And I was like, I was pining over it because what do I believe with what do I believe in perfect faith? What does that mean to me? And it was driving me crazy. And I remember where I was sitting and I would really wanted to make the album. And then I actually went online and I was trying to just find inspiration on belief and, and faith. And I ran into this incredible poem that was on the wall of a concentration camp. And the words were so just heart-wrenching that someone wrote this on the wall. It's anonymous. They, you know, they don't know who wrote it, which also was a big part. I wanted to have the woman's voice as well. Anima Amina, Be'unashlema. And every single word of that poem, it's called a poem of belief, is what I believe with perfect faith. Mm. It, was a, it was really a shidduch. It was really a a perfect combination of combining the principles of faith, that that idea of perfect faith with the words of someone who in the worst possible point, or we can't even imagine that time to find hope and to find, to find love and to find belief in, in something. So it's just, it was really inspirational as 
And do you have any tips for um, any you know music educators, cantors, soloists out there who would be interested in in sharing it as well? Do you have any tips for either for them to share it or for them to learn it? Oh, that's great. It's definitely easy to learn. All my songs are about four chords, <laughs> so don't be scared. <laughs> um, I I no question think it can be used. It could be used as you know, splitting it up and having others take line by line or take different parts. I did use it when I was at cage, a cage conference. I had someone sign it, and that was probably. Oh, cool. it, I have that video online. I believe on my music page. That was the incredible Laura Linus. She's amazing out in, in mm, Florida, mm-hmm. and she came out during the second time, and she blew my mind. I mean, it was just stunning to see the someone sign it because it's such an emotional piece. So possibly mm-hmm. combining it with art or, or a visual component could be powerful if you do it possibly the second time through. It, it's that that was an incredible moment to to have that. And also there's mm-hmm. a part where they have overlapping, um, may there someday be sunshine. It can overlap with so mm-hmm. combining those and just taking advantage of of the space if you have a choir having letting them overlap and explore that it's, it's just a nice way of complementing the the music yeah very nice well, i, I want to ask you about your writing mm-hmm. your process as a songwriter so do you have a particular process that you follow or one that's usually more successful um, anything that you can share about how you go about um, Jewish songwriting? So usually I find a text that speaks to me. Usually this is the way. So I will study, um, I'll be studying the Parsha or even the prayer book. I mean, that's been my muse lately because I'm always looking for something for prayer. And I find it and I sit with it. And I, like Orzarua, for example, I'm sitting on the balcony in Jerusalem and I'm studying the prayer and I'm, I called my first album Inside Out because I felt Mm -hmm. like everyone says you have a choice on what you believe and what you don't believe, but I never even understood the prayers I knew by heart. So Mm -hmm. the Inside Out idea is first understand what the prayer is saying or what the text is saying, whether it's just the actual meaning or whether a deeper meaning. And once once I understand or feel the understanding of how I see it, then that melody comes out. So if I want it to be, it, it just comes out for some reason easier for me that way. So it goes mm-hmm. text first, understanding, and then I feel, and I go from there. I do do a lot of recording onto my phone. Uh, mm-hmm. One of my mentors said going to the bus stop. So I do a right. lot of, yes, Rick. <laughs> yep. I do a lot of going <laughs> to the bus stop. I just record everything. I'm walking with my kids screaming, and I'm like, la, 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 la. Like, if I hear something, <laughs> because I realize I'll forget always. So I do that mm-hmm. a lot. And then now for my album, I have, 40 little clips that I'm going through and I Mm -hmm. kind of weed out, Ooh, that was not good. And I then say, this one's good. This one's good. And that's usually how my album comes together. And I work with a producer to help me make it sound or, or develop that. Do you have any advice for other songwriters, uh, whether they're veteran or up and coming? Yeah, I think no question, use the community. I think this is a beautiful podcast. This is a great idea. I mean, all the artists that agree to do something like this, to share their voice and and share their process, they also want to share with you. And it's just like reading a book and then taking advice from a book or going to someone who's the best and having a conversation that's for you. I think 
no question, reaching out to the artists, uh, asking questions, asking mm-hmm. the right questions, and just realizing it's a process. Was there anything else that you wanted to chat about that we didn't talk about? I don't know. I feel like we hit you hit every point of my life. I oh, the other only other thing is maybe own the life that you that you have now. I know that when I wrote that adult album, I then was also working with kids. Mm-hmm. So don't take, take advantage. If you're already in the studio, maybe you can do a kid album and explore that. That's one of the most incredible with PJ Library mm-hmm. and uh, the Jewish music that comes out of that. It, it's a hungry, hungry, hungry genre. So, yeah. or genre, but age group of music. And don't, don't stay in a box to kind of keep your eyes open. And if you're having kids, if you're in that that time of your life or if you are working with children maybe think about writing that even if it's not something you want you think it's going to open doors now it might open doors later so don't keep your eyes shut to to great opportunities outside of your comfort zone nice okay you ready for the lightning round oh no i'm scared (laughs) okay so i'm going to ask you some rapid fire questions just give me the first thing that comes to your mind just a quick short answer. Okay. They start really easy, okay? I'm scared. What's your favorite breakfast cereal? Cheerios. What's your most used emoji? Laughing face. Sideways face, tears? Sideways is the best, yeah, in my <laughs> yeah. opinion. That's the hardest laugh. Yes. Who's your favorite TV character? Ooh, I'm a big... I love Schitt's Creek, so mm-hmm. I'm a, I think David is really great. He's probably one of my favorites. Who would play you in your biopic? Katie Tunstall. What's the song you're embarrassed to love? Call Me Maybe. Nice. It's my daughter and I. We sing that all the time because it has good hand motions, but it's yeah. really silly. <laughs> <laughs> What's the song you wish you wrote? Probably Hallelujah by Leonard Cohen. That would have been awesome. What's the last song you listened to? You Say by Lauren Daigle. I just want to say, Abby, thank you very, very much mm-hmm. for making this happen. I know you are extremely busy these days. And um, when I thought of the podcast, you were one of the first people I thought of mm-hmm. that I wanted to, to get on here. And uh, I just, uh, I really appreciate you just emit so much positive light into this world. And I'm, I'm just really happy to get to share you with, with the listeners. So thanks for being here. Oh, thank you so much for thinking of me. That's great. This is Anima Amin by Abby Strauss.
That's it for this episode of Jewish Songwriter. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and follow us on Spotify, YouTube, and Facebook. If you enjoy listening to this podcast, please consider leaving us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen. On the next episode of Jewish Songwriter... Hi, this is Jason Meshes. Jewish Songwriter is produced by Sheldon Lowe, edited by Ben Mazak of Industrial Strength Productions in St. Louis, Missouri, and distributed by Hallelujah Music. Until next time, keep writing out there, and thanks for listening. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah.